Support for this podcast comes from ClickIQ. ClickIQ's groundbreaking automated talent attraction technology enables recruiters to spend less time looking for applicants and more time hiring great people by managing and optimising their recruitment advertising. ClickIQ's platform advertises roles across the largest network of PPC job boards and social media to reach the best active and passive candidates in the most cost-effective way. Using the latest AI and programmatic technology, ClickIQ ensures that jobs are always advertised in the right place, at the right time, and for the right amount of money, saving recruiters both time and budget. To find out how ClickIQ can help automate, manage and optimise your talent attraction strategy, please visit www.clickiq.co.uk. That's www.clickiq.co.uk. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 139 of the Recruiting Future podcast. The pace of change in recruiting always makes for an interesting debate. For some people, it's way too slow, but at the same time, it's still too fast for many others to keep up with. If you took a proper helicopter view, though, just how much have the fundamentals of recruiting changed in the last few decades? Are we now experiencing a revolution that's taking us to something radically different? Or is it just an evolution of what's gone before? Who better to help me answer these questions than recruiting industry legend, Jerry Crispin? Jerry has been a lifelong student of recruiting with five decades of experience to draw on. As you would expect, he has many great insights to share. Hi, Jerry, and welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Matt. Great to be here. Absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Could you, for the for the very few people out there who may not have um, come across you before, could you introduce yourself and tell us uh, a bit about what you do? Okay. Uh, Matt, um, I've been in recruiting for actually my entire life. And, and I'm old enough uh, that it's uh, been a long, a long play. So I've been uh, active in recruiting almost every phase from uh, uh, college recruiting um, uh, to, uh, to, to actually doing some contingent work to working for a large firm like Johnson & Johnson for many years, recruitment advertising and a whole variety of things. So I've been at this for over 50 years. And uh, that seems like a long frickin' time. But the reality is I've enjoyed it. Uh, I'm still absolutely fascinated by uh, the changes that are taking place. And for the last uh, 15, 20 years, um, I've been uh, basically with Career Crossroads. And Career Crossroads is a platform uh, that's really building community among talent acquisition leaders. So it's a place where TA leaders can talk to each other, engage each other, share practices, um, and do it in a pretty trusted environment. And there's about 115 companies right now who uh, participate in that membership. 
and they hire collectively globally about 3 million people a year. So they're not small companies. So I'm going to kind of circle back and talk about um, Career Crossroads again in a second. But before I do, I mean, you've got a fascinating breadth of experience there. Um, and, and as you say, you know, being fascinated by the changes that, that are happening in recruitment and, you know, it's something that I'm massively fascinated about as well. What in in your time in the industry, what, you know, what do you, what do you think the biggest changes are? And or do you think that things have, have fundamentally really stayed the same and just the technology's changed? What's your view? It's a you know, it's a great question. And uh, I could argue both sides that nothing has changed in the last 50 years and that everything has. Uh, the truth of the matter is, uh, and I view myself really from uh, the point of view of a student. So if anybody asked me for that elevator speech, it's basically, you know, I'm a lifelong student of recruiting. And, and I really believe that. I believe that your attitude about how you approach people, how you approach problems uh, should be one out of born out of curiosity, uh, enthusiasm to, you know, uh, kind of be compelled to improve whatever the hell you're doing. And. And so that's kind of what I still bring to, to the party, if anything, uh, is that student view. And I've been an observer of recruiting and recruiting systems, as I said, for since literally around 1969. So that's that's a long time. Um, and I would tell you that while obviously technology is fundamentally underscoring the changes that have taken place, uh, the real issue is what is the impact on the candidate, uh, the recruiter, the hiring manager, and the business leaders? Because those stakeholders really uh, make up the, the foundation of what we're all about. And so if you can't, you can't really look at changes in technology or changes in particular practices without really thinking about how does that impact each of those uh, individual stakeholders. And for the recruiter, there's been an extraordinary improvement in terms of the, uh, the number of tools and the types of tools that they're using in order to do stuff. So, you know, if, if you looked at uh, workflow of, of a recruiter uh, even 10, 15 years ago versus today, it's, it's uh, essentially extraordinarily different. And I would anticipate that in the next five years, we'll also see significant changes in, in workflow, in how people do the job. But the goal is not going to shift a hell of a lot. If you think about it, recruiter's goal, which is to identify and sort through a, a pool of talent uh, to the the few that may have the interest um, in, and where their decision to come and join you is equal to the decision that the employer wants them. Um, uh, that's what we're doing. We're changing lives in how they how people look at their job in relation to a career, their career in relation to the rest of their life, whether or not they're living their life fully. And and if we're contributing to that. I think we get a lot of satisfaction. Um, we recognize that we're going to get paid by the employer, but we also uh, feel good about the fact 
that we're bringing uh, talent into an organization that benefits them as well. I think um, the biggest the biggest shift that I have seen um, really is in the recognition that the candidate counts, that the candidate's emotional, mental, physical well-being in this process is important. If not in the short term, it's going to be very important in the long term. And I think that has grown uh, in, in as a critical element of how we're changing recruiting simply because I wish it was because we thought it was just a good thing to do. Um, but it's it's really changing because the power of the candidate to affect the business has grown exponentially in the last 10 years, in part because they have access uh, to technology tools from a communication point of view so that they can share their experience broadly and impact whether or not people are um, returning to reapply or whether they are referring others or whether they're even buying your product after the experience that they had uh, in your recruitment process. And if I can impact all of that and measure the cost of all of that, I start to see how powerful uh, candidates are. Fantastic. Now, there are there's always sort of lots of talk about um, recruitment trends and, and recruitment challenges. Um, I, I kind of feel these days we sort of live in this uh, in this content marketing driven driven discussion where um, a lot of the, the the sort of the narrative around the challenges that employers are facing when it comes to talent acquisition um, that narrative is being driven by um, technology vendors who are trying to find problems to solve um, you know and amplify areas that uh, uh, that they might have the solution to which is you know which is absolutely fair enough with your work with career crossroads you're obviously um, you know, having some very, very in-depth uh, conversations with uh, a number of uh, global talent acquisition leaders. W what's on their radar at the moment? What are the real sort of trends and challenges that are out there um, in the talent acquisition market? I think um, I think the number one challenge is they are they are overwhelmed with the uh, diversity. <laughs> of uh, technology tools that are coming at them from every which way and 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 the extent to which those tools can impact their recruitment process from a, a, both a productivity and an efficiency point of view so so now the issue is do they do they really understand what their vision is about what they're trying to accomplish obviously they want to put a body in a seat but again, taking into account the needs of the candidate, the needs of the recruiter, the needs of the hiring manager, the needs of the business itself means that you really have to almost do some Venn diagrams of all of those needs and find a kind of a sweet spot where you're, you're managing the majority of that and meeting the goals that have been set for you so that you can get paid properly. Um, and and with the shift in how technology is is put together and the pieces of of that where it fits and how you put it together is really just an, a fascinating uh kind of thing to watch watch them talk about it watch them engage how they use 
consultants to do that, whether or not they're going to believe any of the vendors. Uh, um, uh, all of those things are taking place right now and keeping them up at night in a in a broad way. So it's really two things. It's the it's the fast changing types of tools that are out there, what each of those contributes and how to put them together in a play in a you know in a, in a logical sequence if you will and integrate that into the platform that they have and then measure that it's it's augmenting our individual capabilities to you know communicate with candidates to assess those candidates uh, to engage them through the process and then bring them in at a you know with a with the ability to uh, to step up and uh, contribute to the corporation, and I got to tell you that's that is um, that's been around for a couple of years, but it, it's getting more and more intense, and that's really where you see a lot of frustration. A lot of vendors tend to look at the recruitment process from their own uh, lens, if you will, and so they don't see much of what else is going on uh, in this in this whole uh, workflow kind of thing. Um, but I'm I am very hopeful because I'm seeing more and more um, uh, interesting models coming out from recruiting leaders who now have 10 to 20 years of experience with recruiting technology tools that are you know, internet-based in much in in many cases, and and so the the exciting thing is that more and more recruiting leaders are taking back the vision of how they want to construct uh, a recruiting model for their company, uh, which you know obviously is each company is extraordinarily different. And and when they when they have this vision, they now are in a better position to sit down with vendors, suppliers, consultants, and better articulate what it should look like when it's complete. And that means that there are you know there's more more ability, if you will, uh, to better understand how to put these puzzle pieces together. That's that's fascinating, and it it, it kind of makes a lot of sense because I remember uh, you know talking to people about recruitment technology 10, 10 15 years ago, and uh, you know most of the conversation would be describing what it actually did and what was actually possible. So um, you know, encouraging to hear that people now have uh, you know a kind of a vision of what they believe technology can sort of help them help them enable. Well, at least more and more do, Matt. And if they don't, then they're left with listening to vendors who think that they've, who all think that they've got the silver bullet. So they're selling something. They're selling their vision. They sure as hell have it. But the point is, they are not sitting in the seat that has to execute this. So, uh, so it really requires the leader themselves to to come up with that vision. And I, I do think. Uh, that's growing at a re- at a rapid pace. Artificial intelligence and kind of automation are sort of dominating the 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 conversation the conversation at the moment. Um, do you think that we're on the cusp of um, a series of revolutionary change that those technologies might drive in recruiting and HR, or is it just more of the same um, evolution that we've seen over the last decade? 
I'm absolutely convinced that we continue to evolve, not not in a revolutionary way, but in an evolutionary way. And and we can see the differences if you if you think about, um, you know, years ago, people sorting through paper and organizing the paper into file drawers. And then, and then you used technology tools on your desk to get that done. And then you started moving all that stuff, um, you know, into into the uh, onto the internet in a variety of different ways to get that done. And so we we by and large have taken what has been in the past a lot of flawed processes, and and simply made them you know, faster and, and more interesting, if you will. Um, but really the same kind of, uh, you know, organizational kinds of tools, et cetera. And now you, you should be able to tell a chatbot to organize the damn stuff yourself itself. Right. But, but obviously there are some claims here that AI, um, is going to replace recruiters as opposed to augment. And I, I think I think we really have to consider the fact that we will be augmenting recruiters in ways that will increase their efficiency. So if I can double the number of jobs that a recruiter can handle, just, just theoretically, if I can, why? Because uh, I can send a chatbot out to interview or screen literally hundreds of people almost simultaneously, right? If I if I start getting the tools up that allow me to do pieces of my work um, much more efficiently simultaneously, if I have 300 people who um, applied to a job and 295 of them I dismiss almost immediately because I got five that are going forward, I can tell an entity, hey, would you say something really nice to those 295 people uh, on my behalf and call them based, call them, email them or text them based on their preference. Right. So I can I can start building different ways to, again, gain these kinds of efficiencies. So what is the impact of that? If I can handle twice as many openings that means there's half half of all the recruiters will disappear. Think about that. Yeah. I can that means they're not being replaced. It's just the job is changing. It's shifting. It's becoming more um, more of a, you know, how do you manage the program if you will? How do you manage the workflow using voice instead of typing on a on a, a text piece you know you're talking to ali or alexa or olivia or somebody um who's who's by and large doing it for you uh, and you are not you're not spending all the extra time trying to type shit in you know so i'm a i'm just a fan of the fact that it's not revolutionary it is evolutionary but it is going to mean that the job will become more involved, more complex. Um, it will 
it will mean that I need to focus very clearly on certain types of uh, interactions or relationships. It may mean that I haven't, there's a new job just for people to talk to the few people that we want to talk to. Um, and, and we don't know what we're going to call that. Maybe we call it coach. Um, there could be a whole host of different ways that we're going to do stuff, but it's not, again, it's not revolutionary. It's evolutionary. And yes, the job will be different. We may call it something else within the next few years and there will be fewer people needed to do all of that job but they're not being replaced so uh, we're recording um in the middle of july and uh one of the the kind of the next big events that i'm personally looking forward to going to is the um hr technology conference in vegas in september now you're doing uh you're doing a panel um there could you tell us a little bit about um what the panel's about why that topic and who's going to be on the panel with you sure um i love going to hr tech to be honest with you i think it's one more um incredible uh conferences that are out there I, if i had to name four or five uh they were they will always be on the top um, and i've had the privilege of being able to do a panel that I can <clears throat> put together each year, and I try to do something a little bit different uh, each year as well. And this one, um, additionally, is going to be different. And it is basically I wanted to be able to bring together some of the employers who have clearly been proactive in reaching out to people with disabilities not just because they have disabilities, but because they have they have skills, they have knowledge, they have experience that we want to tap. And yes, they also happen to be different, differently challenged, if you will. Um, and there's very few companies, to be honest with you, that that are actually doing that from a proactive point of view. Most companies simply react when they do get someone who's willing to share that they are uh, they are disabled. But the fact of the matter is, there's very few companies literally spending the time to put teams into into tracking people down. And so the company, the folks that we have, I have uh, Chuck Edwards from Microsoft. I have uh, Amy. Uh, Mayor Holmgy, who's vice president of talent acquisition from Sodexo, uh, Kathleen Burris, who's at CVS Health, and Peter Brooks, uh, who is the senior director of TA for Northrop Grumman Corporation. I'll give you one example with him. They have a Peter Brooks has a team call that's part of what what they call Project Impact, that literally goes to um, hospitals where wounded warriors are being. Um, uh, uh, successfully treated and are recovering and they they assess them for various jobs and then hire them uh, when they're finished their treatment or uh, if they don't have an opening for them and there is a, a key key opportunity that they these folks could fill um, there are a number of other corporations I think 30 or 40 that uh, that they share and, and some of them are competitors of, of Northrop Grumman, uh, that they share, share the, the um, candidates with. 
Um, and the reality is, um, I think, uh, over the last few years, more than a hundred, couple hundred uh, severely wounded warriors have been hired by these companies. So I'm just fascinated by the fact that we we truly can change not only um, the lives of the people that we we go after and engage, but we change our environment as well. We start changing the company by the choices that we make in terms of the kinds of talent that comes in. We tend to be overly focused on, you know, that they come from with a, you know, from a specific school or they came from a specific competitor or they have, um, you know, achieved a certain um, technology capability or whatever. But we also want people who are, you know, kind of a uh, an easy cultural fit. And what we really need to do is expand what that means in a much broader way. And I think one of the ways we do that from a diversity point of view is to recognize that some of our efforts should be uh, in engaging people with disabilities. So hopefully it'll be a good conversation. I can't imagine that it won't be a good conversation because these are some passionate people doing really interesting work. Um, and I, uh, I, I think there's a lot of good learning, so I'm sure we'll, we'll have a, a, a nice group and a good audience. Uh, it, sounds, uh, it, it sounds fantastic, and I'm very much looking forward to uh, uh, watching how that panel, uh, how that panel pans out. Um, Jerry, thank you very much for talking to me. My pleasure, Matt. My thanks to Jerry Crispin. If you're interested in joining us at the HR Technology Conference, it's taking place in Las Vegas between the 11th and 14th of September. If you go to www.hrtechnologyconference.com and use the discount code ALDER300, that's A-L-D-E-R 300, then you can get a $300 discount on your ticket. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or via your podcasting app of choice. The show also has its own dedicated app, which you can find by searching for Recruiting Future in your app store. If you're a Spotify user, you can also find the show there. You can find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week, and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.